At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. The numbers told the story they always do. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN. Morning, folks. Welcome in. It is a numbers game here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Jonathan Von Tobel, filling in for Gil today. He will be back tomorrow. He returned from the vacation. We do have a good show, though. Paul Sporer is going to be with us in 30 minutes to go over what was a wild weekend in Major League Baseball. A lot of series that had a lot of impact in the wild card races in their respective leagues. And at the bottom of the hour, Wes Reynolds will be with us as well as we discuss everything. I think 845 p.m. Pacific time, correct? Or a.m. Pacific time. Um, Wes will be with us to recap the Open Championship. And with that, we get into what happened over the weekend, and that's exactly what happened. Brian Harmon dominated. It was a very boring Open Championship, unless you had some stuff to sweat out throughout, you know, top 20s, matchups, whatever it was. But in terms of the outright markets and the outright winner, no real, like, I don't know, no real moments of, of consequence after, I argue, Kelly, the second round. I keep going back to that that eagle on 18 where Harmon, you know, he eagles that. He goes to 10 under par going into round three and just distanced himself enough to where guys were going to have to get aggressive to try to catch up with him. Ultimately, they couldn't do it. The weather helped him out in some regard as well because it wasn't really like a ton of scoring opportunities for guys throughout the weekend. We had some big ones. You know, uh, Rory Matt, or excuse me, John Rahm had a 63 in round three. You know, had some decent performances, but nobody did enough to catch up with Harmon because of that 65 he shot in round two and ultimately just good golf all the way around. So nothing really to sweat out. Can we play this though? So I was listening. I'm glad you caught this because I didn't catch this until I was listening to sports talk radio on the way in. So Harmon was asked about like the motivation to win this thing. I would say millions of dollars would be a pretty good motivation and also a major, (laughs) right? Uh, But he was asked about the motivation to win this and he cited a, a fan on the course during his final round. After I made the second bogey yesterday, a guy, when I was passing him, he said, Harmon, you don't have the stones for this. That helped. That was the, that was the motivation? Yeah, that helped a lot. I think he was a uh, – anyway, that, that helped. I mean, it, it just helped snap me back in like, you know, that I, I'm good enough to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to go through my process, and the next shot's going to be good. Uh, and it was, by the way, he, um, after the second bogey, he birdied the next two. So if that really did help, by the way, can I say, I always love in moments like this when, when somebody who's talking pauses for like the reaction from the crowd, but doesn't get it. <laughs> he totally did that. He yeah. was totally like, he told me I didn't have the stones for this <laughs> and like was quiet and was waiting for like the, Ooh, yeah, Brian, you got him. That ultimately didn't happen, but kind of a boring tournament, right? Am I wrong in that? 
I mean, look, it was a boring weekend. There's no doubt. I, I, I don't think there's any other way to put that for. I mean, this is a hey, betting wise. Like I was sweating a ton at 6 a.m. yesterday. Like you said, if you're betting top 20s and stuff like that, that was a big time sweat. Um, I also think it's another one when we talk about these networks coverage where they need to buy into some of that stuff more. Like they, they yesterday's yes. entire coverage was it's Harmon and then like the six guys chasing quote unquote chasing him that are like six shots back. And I'm like, can we show some other guys here? Like, let me know when someone's within three, four shots. You know what I mean? Golf, I think, would benefit the most of their broadcasts of buying a lot more into sports betting stuff. Yes. You know what I mean? Oh, like yeah. if we're talking about like tournament matchups that were coming down to the wire in the final round tracking those like pitting those two guys next to one another like could you imagine having like a like a side by side like you know so like for our draft right I had yeah. Xander Shoffley over Ricky Fowler you imagine like a side by side dual camera if like they're both on the like you know, on a tee at the same time or whatever it is and like doing something like that like they at the very least and here's the thing Kelly they don't even need to really like buy into it fully be like Xander's a minus 120 but if you're like part of the production crew like you know humor me for a second Go to like one of the sports books websites and look at some of the matchups and be like, okay, there's going to be people that are watching this. Let's just show those guys a little bit more often, right? Let's, when we go from golfer to golfer, let's go from again, rolling with this like matchup. Let's go from Xander Shoffley to Ricky Fowler, right? Let's do this to keep people more interested in it because there are people who are watching for different reasons. And there's also fantasy golf too. It's not as famous or as popular, but there's still something there too. Like, you just have to have, I think, a little bit more insight. Because like you said, I thought you brought up a brilliant point the other day. And I had actually never realized this until watching the golf, until watching this Open Championship after you made this point. Which is, they drive their broadcast so much toward narrative. You know what I mean? So, like, there's so much there where you're like, no, I want to watch golf. I want to watch what these other guys are doing. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't want to buy in 100%, I think they would benefit from it. Yeah, it's the... I completely agree with you. Look, I got a million different ideas for what right. I think that final round could look like with different different things. But the the problem is, is I'm not, I'm not even confident how quickly it's going to take for us to get there when we're talking about a sport who still there's still a shame to talk about the money involved, which I never understood. I know every like everybody brings this up, but you're talking okay. Talk about yesterday. Make a bigger deal about how the six guys chasing Harmon. Like, there's a $500,000 difference between what Jason Day, Tom Kim, Seb Straka, and John Rahm made over Rory, Griot, Young, and Sharma, who were all one stroke behind them. Like, that's a big freaking deal. And people at home, like, probably would think that's a big deal, too, I would think. But they never want to talk about that stuff because, I don't know, it's too lowbrow or something like that. But congratulations to Brian Harmon. He's a guy... That guy who said that to him on, on, on whatever hole it was, right. he said the thing we were all thinking at the time. And Brian Harmon went out and proved everybody wrong. Like, I, this is a, a, a PGA Tour journeyman who's won two times on the PGA Tour, who's always been a good golfer, but nobody's ever put uh, Brian Harmon in the class of great golfers right. on the tour. And that guy went out there and for three days held a lead and never – but outside of those two bogeys, never even gave anybody a chance, a hope of catching back into that thing. I thought Rom talking after after his round yesterday was big too, where he was like, he's getting all these questions about what could he have done, what could it, what could everybody else do? like? Look, the guy was six shots ahead of us. Right, nobody could have done anything. Like, what are you talking about? Yep, and, and Harmon too. I will say, like both both round three and round four, he did start two over. 
You know, it, like there was in both rounds, there's thoughts of like, oh, okay, maybe this is it. Like yep. maybe he's going to start to falter. I think at one point the closest the gap got was, was he nine under and Fleetwood was six under? If I remember I think correctly. It was when Rom got to seven. Okay. I think Rom was seven in the clubhouse and Harmon bogeyed those first. There we two. go. And so yeah. he got to like nine. And so they, yeah. And then you're sitting there like, oh, okay, maybe we got something here. And then, of course, the rest of the way, nope. Like we're just going to, especially like the third round, you know, I talk about the end of the second round, but after starting two over, what does he do? He birdies four. You know, he, I think he what? He birdies five, nine, 12, 13, never bogeys, pars out the rest of them. Like it's, it, that's what it takes sometimes. Like that's all you got to do is play some even killed golf. And it's the same thing. After round four, you bogey the two and five, and you're like, okay, here we go. And then the clown and the, 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 <laughs> the clown rooting goes, uh, you don't have the stones for it. And then you birdie the next two, and then you're ultimately going to be fine the rest of the way. So uh, did he – so it's a Claret Jug? Is that what oh, it is? Oh, the Claret Jug, yeah, yeah. He took it down to the uh, one of the local pubs, and uh, as his tradition, I think he was drinking some brewskis out of that last is that night. So yeah. is that a thing? Like you oh, have yeah, to go yeah, down yeah, there and, yeah. and chug out of it? Yeah, oh, yeah, totally, yeah. The Claret Jug, yeah, it's drinking anything anywhere. So, yeah, this was uh, at a local pub, I believe. At Hickory Smokehouse, West Kirby, wherever that is. <laughs> Sounds very English, though. Um, not since Martin Slumber have I heard a more British term. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and then, I mean, I guess the side story of this tournament, which is, I, I, think, I think, leaving a lot of people scratching their head today, is I'm trying to figure out if, like, half the questions he was asked in the press conference were about his, his hunting hobbies. And okay. which apparently there's a great fascination of in England where I don't know, apparently they just don't hunt or they like fox hunt and that's it or whatever. But they were obsessed with Brian Harmon's hobby of hunting. And that was like half the questions he got. And I, there are some English papers this morning that were really, really keying in on that really? about Kind of hinting at the disgusting act of us Americans and the hunting activities that so, some of us may partake in. Not as classy as the fox hunt. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Apparently, you need yes horses and dogs and fancy coats or something for hunting to be hunting. Do they do they do they hunt the foxes or is like I feel like the foxes like a they companion. let a fox run and then the dogs like run them down. Wow, that's terrifying for yes. the fox. Yes. I thought they like used foxes as like a tool in the hunt. <laughs> Like, no, you know what I mean? They were side by side with the foxes going, wow, that's terrible. I, it was very, it's very odd. I don't, what, I don't really get now it. Now I'm having like some sort of existential crisis. Can you imagine? Go, run. <laughs> like, it's terrifying. Oh yes, God. yes. It's like, uh, what's the, uh, what's the, the greatest, uh, the greatest hunt or whatever? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The greatest game or what? The, the you hunt a man? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible. Just go run on this island. Trust me, we'll find you. Uh, really quick, we're going to get to more of this a little bit later, but did want to know, one of the big notes as we transition over to the National Football League from over the weekend is that. Jimmy Garoppolo, Las Vegas Raiders quarterback, passed his physical. Uh, he is not going to start on the pup list. That's a really big deal because that was a massive question for a Raiders team that, as Kelly and I have mentioned, and I think a lot of people echo these sentiments, is one, as I've used the term, hanging on a razor's edge. Their quarterback depth chart is not very good. And if Jimmy Garoppolo is in any danger of missing some sort of time, that's going to be something that would really hold this team back because defensively there's some real questions, especially in that secondary and, of course, behind him. So not on the pup list, Jimmy Garoppolo. It's a really big win for the Las Vegas Raiders. We'll see as we move forward, of course, how that's going to help and how long he's going to be available. That's the other thing. Jimmy Garoppolo does have a history of missing time, but at least for them, Kelly, a very, very big move, the fact that he was able to pass the physical. And to give them credit, I mean, a lot of people, especially some Raiders mouthpieces out there, were like, it's no big deal. Don't worry about it. It's fine. 
You know, even though we had to delay the press conference because we had to rework the contract because there was something wrong with the foot, no big deal. At least right now, it's not a big deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's funny. I'm, I'm only kind of laughing back here because you know, you know how down I am on this team. Sure. But you, but it's you're right. Like this is a huge deal for them because. I don't think Jimmy G's that good, but the depth, it's not like they've got someone really great sitting behind him. Oh, man. When we come back, I forgot. I did the math. We got to we gotta do our, our numbers game draft. Oh, yeah. We got the results. Yep. Okay. Yep. All right. Wrinkle right. crunched the numbers. Yep. He didn't crunch those uh, chicken nuggets. <laughs> those <though>. nuggets. Yeah. <laughs> crunched the numbers. Didn't crunch the uh, Probably nuggets. still 50 left over in the VEASAN fridge if anybody wants them. <laughs> Ooh. Three, <laughs> no, actually four day old chicken nuggets, huh? Yeah. I might take a crack at it. Who knows? All right, we'll take we'll take our break. Uh coming up at 15, Paul Spore is gonna be with us again. We'll go over Major League Baseball from the weekend and some of the results. We're gonna grade our draft as well. We have plenty up to get to, and we continue our group of five previews throughout a numbers game today, too. So don't go anywhere. It is a numbers game. John Von Tobel filling in for Gil Alexander here on the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. It's time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app at MGM. Sportsbet MGM has all your favorite wagering options along with in-game betting boosted odds specials and much more. Download the BetMGM app today. Stop by any MGM casino on the strip with their state-issued ID to open an account start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms. Got to be 21 and in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem 100-522-4700. Uh, I do want to uh, include everybody who wants to be part of the show. So if you want to tweet us, actually, if you want to X us, X me, uh, X us at we me, JVT. It, right? Is that, that's what it is now, right? So if you want to <laughs> X us at me, JVT, uh, at Kelly Bidlin, remember K-E-L-L-E-Y, you know that. Uh, first off from Phil, uh, fox hunting, because we were talking about that, because you read me, by the way, you read me the excerpt that you were referring to in the paper do you want to read this? Yeah, yeah. This is and Kevin Van Valkenburg uh, grabbed this. I know he tweeted this this morning. This is where I caught it. But this is from the Guardian this morning. Quote: In one of the most bizarre major press conference departures of recent time, the 36-year-old explained his penchant for killing animals. He missed the cut at the Masters and immediately slaughtered a pig and a turkey. Quote: I've been a hunter for my entire life. He boasted. I enjoy the strategy of it. We eat a lot of wild meat at my house, so I enjoy butchering and I do a lot of hunting. End quote. Champions traditionally drink from the clarity jug one is left to ponder what on earth Harmon may do with the famous trophy okay so first off 
I think it's somewhat unfairly written. It does make it seem like he got angry and went out in a rage to slaughter a pig and a turkey. Yeah, and and we're inferring possibly that he's going to drink like animal blood out of the claret jug. I don't know. Maybe just that's gra- what that last line is. Maybe it's just gravy, and they just don't like it. I don't know. I mean, well, who was it? There was a there was an open champion who actually at one point did like return the claret jug with like dried chunks of gravy in it, if I remember correctly. <laughs> It's one of the older guys who won the Claire. Just look up Claire Judd That's gravy. Claire, yeah, yeah, find this out. But we bring that up because Phil tweeted in. Um, you know, you brought up fox hunting and in, in what it is in terms of just releasing fox and everything over in England. And Phil checks in, says fox hunting is despised by most sane people over here for what it's worth. Uh, that's sort of the problem in terms of how it's represented, as that's all people over here would see as hunting, and there's no culture of the type of hunting Harmon does here. So weird dynamic. Either way, like you know. An odd piece to be written about one Brian Harmon and referring to maybe he's drinking animal blood out of the Claire jug. Who yeah, it's it's a I, the way I took it is I don't know if I'm apparently apparently the uh, fine people of England are very fascinating with, with hunting in the U.S. And I didn't realize that hunting in the U.S. was I would have guessed it's kind of a foreign concept to a lot of people. But like I didn't know it was this foreign of a concept. Yeah. And they also um, David checks in. The problem with stories like Harmon's is we only hear them when the guy wins. Hey, Harmon, how many times in the last 10 years has someone told you you were going to choke and you choked? I'm thinking a lot. Um, <laughs> you would, I chuckled at. <laughs> I was going to say, it, 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 that is a funny tweet. I, I would also, if I was looking at it logically, like, well, how many times is he in position at a final round to do that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you that's I mean? the bigger thing, yeah, actually. Like, so yeah. <laughs> maybe it's true that this is, like, one of the first times. But, like, I do laugh at, like, the thought of, like, Harmon being, like, told, you can't do it, buddy. He's like, I'm going to do it. And then, like, bogeys immediately, like, the next hole. Like, that is kind of funny. So. You can find humor in it. Yeah, huh? you never know. Bro- yeah, Harmon might have stretched the truth of when he got dropped that uh, that that quote. Maybe it was after Bogey oh. won, and then he went out and Bogey did. T- right. t- 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 or or what if it even wasn't that? What if he like misconstrued it or like didn't hear it properly? You know, it's super windy, and like somebody's like, "You totally got the stones for this man," but he misheard it, and right. like, you don't have the stones. <laughs> and so the guy's listening to that press conference. He's like, "I was just trying to pay you compliment, dude." <laughs> he was like, actually, the number one Brian Harmon fan out there. Can you imagine? Oh, man. That'd be good. Congrats to anybody that had Harmon tickets out yes. there. I mean, that is – look, he had been playing a lot better golf recently. His putting was a problem earlier in the year. He kind of found something in the final round of the U.S. Open Had been playing really well since then. But that was a massive dog cashing in a major um, and wasn't even on my radar, JVT. Wasn't even on my radar. Uh, all right, really quickly, before we move on to the Major League Baseball trade deadline markets, um, I win. You won, buddy. You won. There we go. We had our numbers game golf draft, uh, which we selected a bunch. I think what ultimately helped me, you said that uh, Isaiah crunched the numbers. Uh, I did too. I assumed, you know, bets uh, either to win 100 at minus prices or, you know, of course, uh, $100 bets at plus prices. The thing that got me over the edge, uh, Victor, excuse me, uh, Hideki Matsuyama top 20 plus 190. That ultimately made the difference. That was a pretty good price to hit. Yeah, my two uh, big long shots I swung for the fence on didn't get there. You were good. There we go. Well done, JVT. Well done. Hey, man. This was- is a good. This is a good example, though, pretty much how my card was because that was Tyrrell Hatton, and Tommy Fleetwood top twenties were two of my bigger bets, and then Cameron Smith not top twenty was one of my biggest bets. Well, and I have to say too. I mean, to be quite honest, like it's also a good example of anybody like me who I'll check in at a major, really just bet like outrights, and that's about it. Mm-hmm. Like if you really do it, like 
you're you coming, you, like this, like, this is what yes. you're supposed to be really be doing. Yeah. You know, I like to just check in and put some small tickets on some outrights and see if I can hit them. But for the most part, like this is what if you're really seriously if, doing if, these sort of things, the small way, it's like like small wagers on the outrights. Yep. But you're really hammering some of these markets because that's where you can find the. It's real how you profit. sustain a bankroll yes. throughout the whole season because otherwise, yes, if you're just betting outrights, it's going to dry up real quick. All right. So with that, we have markets over at DraftKings for players to be traded. Now, uh, these are all phrased properly in terms of like for Shohei Otani, for example, first pitch or first at bat, and the. Finally, thank you. I hadn't seen these updated. I was going in fresh because we were watching these. And what did I tell you when we first brought this up? This opened up at minus 170 in favor of the Angels retaining Shohei Otani. And I thought that was ludicrous. And where are we at now? 300. Yep. Makes all the sense in the world. And I would argue it should be higher. I think you can make a legitimate argument that minus 300, this thing should be higher than what it is right now. Yeah, I even asked you uh, the other day, what was your cutoff point? You said 350. Right. And like, that was the thing. Like, if you look at every bit of information, if you look at just where these teams are at, everything that's going on, like, it doesn't make any sense at all that you would make this minus 170 at all. Yeah. So the, the market is getting this right and driving this thing up. And if you look at the teams, like, for example, the other, the other thing I threw out to you, Kelly, is like, let's take the Dodgers, for example. The Dodgers have the assets to go and acquire him. But there's two things. One, the Dodgers rightfully so are the favorite to land him when he's a free agent. Because they can just go, hey, man, stay in the city. Just mm-hmm. play with us. We'll give you all the money you want, and we're going to be a lot better. Um, and teams like, you know, others like the Yankees, all that kind of stuff, like they can ship off for a rental, but it's not going to make sense because I don't think he wants to go play on the East Coast. Like none of it would make sense. It, it just makes sense for this team that is now only four games out, three and a half games out of a wild card with a bunch of AL East teams in front of them that are going to beat up on one another that they just maintain and go, you know what? Let's try to make a push here. And they got three games against Detroit coming up in a couple of days. They also have, of course, a series at this weekend right before the trade deadline with Toronto. They can really carve out, if they perform well, they can carve themselves out a nice hole to dig out of like when it comes to this wild card race. Like, I don't think they're done by any stretch. Why would they trade them? Yeah, I think the other big thing here is I mean, whenever we these next team markets becomes far more common now, right? And we see them in baseball, NBA, NFL, uh, all the sports, and I, I always think whenever we talk about these, it's like, what's the other team? Like, give, like, where's the other team that's really being linked, right? And it's right now it just feels like it's several teams that would be interested, but we haven't seen one team that it's like, okay, they're they're the front runners in this, right? Sure. By the way, the the real, the absolutely real Mitch Moss just sent me a DM. Had Brian Harmon. Oh, nice. There you go. That was, it was it was the is our friend General. Bad, but bad Pete Moss. Yeah, there you yeah. go. Yeah, see, congratulations, Mitchie. There you go. Bang. Yeah, I'm, I'm always happy for people like that. So the other ones is pretty fascinating when you're looking around at some of these markets. So one of the cases that I made, I got to talk to Adam Burke yesterday. It's one thing that I brought up to you, and he brought he added a nugget to this. Do we have Stroman because one of the things that I brought up to him was, hey, look, I've read reports that Marcus Stroman is a target of the San Francisco Giants. That if you actually look around, you could find, and look, at this point right now, you don't see them listed on the teams that are graphic. Uh, our graphics people just missed out on it because he is 12 to 1. Uh, so he's right there at the bottom of the list. But I bring that up because, one, I've read reports that Stroman and the Giants are linked together. And the other nugget, which Burke brought up, which I thought was a, a brilliant like point to add to it, Kelly, is the fact that the Giants love themselves some ground ball pitchers. Like, if you look at the way that they have constructed their pitching staff, it's what they want out of their guys. And Stroman fits perfectly with what they want to do in terms of their identity as their pitching staff. So he slots in there. There's been reports that are there. If you're taking shots and wondering where you might go with it, 
it would be really interesting to take, I think, a flyer if you were, had something available, a small bet, a small bet on the San Francisco Giants at 12-1 to land Marcus Stroman. It does make all the sense in the world that it would be the Rangers at the top because they desperately need pitching help. And by the way, uh, that pitching help is starting to come crashing back down to earth. Dane Dunning, as we talked about over the weekend, had all the signs of a regression and got his face beat in by the Los Angeles Dodgers. That pitching staff as a whole was knocked around by L.A. in the first two games. The Rangers have some real questions coming out of that series to ask themselves. The tricky part, though, is Stroman is also one of those, we'll call them regression candidates, where his expected numbers are higher than his actual numbers. So it would be the worst thing in the world if the Rangers got Marcus Stroman and then he regressed, <laughs> much like all the other guys that they have, right? And it falls apart. But I thought at 12 to 1 uh, for a team like uh, Stroman and the San Francisco Giants made a lot of sense. Okay. A ton of sense. Yeah, I like it. And then you have other pot like Giolito. These are all information based, I would think. Like, I'm really fascinated. I haven't seen any of other reports about, like, Giolito. The Dodgers are plus 230. I'm really interested in what the Dodgers are going to do at all at this point right now. Like, they have the assets to go and acquire pitching if they so choose. But they also didn't really address the pitching staff as a whole in the offseason because I think they're making moves to get ready to sign Shohei Otani. So does that mean they're going to be super aggressive at the deadline? Not sure if that's the case, but not specifically for Giolito, but Baltimore in general, man, look out for them. We got to talk about that later because if you're gambling on a team to make some moves at the off, like the trade deadline, Baltimore's at the top of the list. Let's go out. Because they can, I think, win this American League. There's nobody that should scare them at this point. All right, let's take a break. Let's let's ask Paul Sporer about that. When we come back, let's ask Paul about the aggression of the Baltimore Orioles at the trade deadline and whether or not that's going to be a thing. A numbers game on VSIN, the sports betting network. Attention, BetMGM customers. Have a friend who loves sports as much as you do. Here's a chance for both of you to earn a $100 bonus when they sign up through BetMGM's Refer a Friend program. Just sign into your BetMGM account. Click on the Refer a Friend program to send your friend a message inviting them to register a new account in the same state you use BetMGM. And once your friend signs up, makes a deposit, they're going to receive a $100 bonus. And once your friend places a bet with their bonus and the wager is settled, you'll receive a $100 bonus as well. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms, all promotions subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire at seven days, or excuse me, 30 days. Gambling problem, 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in Massachusetts, Mississippi, and Nevada. You know it doesn't expire? Friendship. <laughs> okay. It's actually, yeah, it's probably very untrue. I think friendship expires all the time. Um, as I noted, you know, hey, I've had a lot of fun filling in for Gil, so if you want to get in on part of the show, absolutely do it. X me. X us. Yep, at me, JVT. Jesse Welch checks in. I would like to be a part of the show. That's all he tweeted. I'm sorry. That's all he X'd. So there you go. You're part of the show. Congratulations, Jesse. All right, let's welcome in Paul Sporer. You can follow him on X at Paul Sporer. Paul, how's it going, man? I haven't talked to you for a while. Hope you're doing well. Uh, all right, let's. I wanted to talk. I'm going to pose a question to you that I was asking right before we came out, uh, which is, you know, I've kind of been making the case that if I was to gamble on a team being aggressive at the deadline, and what I mean gamble is like, you know, bet them to win their conference or conference uh, league or bet them to maybe win the World Series, it, for me, it would be Baltimore. Am I right in thinking that? Because, like, Baltimore has the assets to go and acquire it. I think they have the motivation to do it, especially coming out of a series like that against Tampa Bay Rays. I think you look mm-hmm. around the American League and think, why should we be scared of anybody at this point? And we can add to our team that already has, what, 61 wins. Am I right in thinking, like, now's kind of the time to buy on Baltimore because they might be one of the buyers of the deadline? I completely agree. I think they have every reason to stay aggressive here. They've kind of, you know, paid some dues by by being decent last year, but not really getting over the hump. They they didn't overdo it last year. You know, you look at like a team like Cincinnati or even Miami. They're kind of in that position this year, where it's like 
do they go for it? That's not the question this year for Baltimore. They're in first. They just did really well in Tampa Bay. It's time to push in. They can give up a big chip or two from their prospect pool without even harming the the major league ball club. That's the impressive part with the stock that they've built. So yes, I love that call out on Baltimore. All right. Outside of that, the team that that just took out in three out of four games, and I think they've lost, I think it's a six out of seven, whatever it is for the Tampa Bay Rays. Now I'll just ask a general question. What's the deal? Like what's going on with Tampa Bay? What's happening with them? Do you think this is something legitimate or Hey, injuries, rough stretch. They're going to even out and be somewhat like the team we saw at the beginning of the year. It is legitimate, but for a reason that you mentioned, which is the injuries, you simply cannot just give up an ACE every six weeks the way they kind of have, you know, Rasmussen springs out for the year. McClanahan did miss time. He's back now. So that's great. Uh, they didn't have glass now all year. Eflin's been the mainstay steady guy. Taj Bradley's been up and down. They just don't have enough pitching. The interesting thing is, is um, I'm not sure that they have enough to stay at the highest level. I, I like McClanahan, Eflin, Glass. Now Bradley has a four right now, but that's that's frail, right? If if any if anybody's down from that, who do they go to next? They even moved on from Yanni Chirinos. So even though they are hemorrhaging pitching and things have been problematic there, they even thought that he wasn't good enough to stick around. Atlanta scooped him up. They will make moves, but generally we see their moves work on the fringes. So I don't see uh, the Rays like really pushing hard. They're going to have to fight for this and they're going to have to fight for a playoff spot too. As great as they started the season, there's a world where they don't make the playoffs. I don't think that's the world that we live in, but it's not out of the realm of possibilities given where they're at right now. All right, let's stay in the division because it is a fascinating one and it's a fascinating week here for the Toronto Blue Jays. They get three games at home or excuse me, on the road against the Los Angeles Dodgers. And after a day off, they come back home to host the Anaheim Angels. So what do we make mm-hmm. of Toronto? Because you lose this series to Seattle. It's somewhat big, right? Because Seattle, of course, in the wild card chase, so you lose that series for them. But overall, I, if I, I talk to a lot of people, right, in terms of the American League, and if like there's a dark horse, Toronto keeps coming up in a lot of these conversations for me. So where do you, where do you put Toronto? Are they worth looking at here, whether it be American League, World Series? Will they be a buyer at the deadline after what the next six games are huge? Because this Dodgers team yeah. just wrecked the Texas Rangers, looked really good, and the Angels are fighting for dear life and trying to do anything to keep Otani at least around. So what do you make of the Blue Jays in this week that they're entering right now? Yeah, the, the LA double dip. While both aren't in the in California, like you said, they host the Angels this weekend. But playing those two teams back to back is not going to be easy. The Dodgers are playing very well, and the Angels have taken a hit since losing Trout. But they're still a pretty good offense, so the the yep. Jays will not take them lightly. They've bought a bunch in the last years, so they have depleted their system a bit. But I don't know how you take your foot off the gas this year. This team is still very much in contention. Great ball club at fifty five and forty five. Lot of talent that's working right now. Manoa kind of getting back. So that's nice. Maybe they don't have to go for a huge starter. Maybe they get something to supplement the rotation, but I do think they need some more bullpen. Maybe they could shore up with a bat here or there. Although I think they're pretty much covered there, but I don't know how Toronto would give up. I like this ball club. They have a ton of talent. They got to keep pushing forward. I think they should go out and get a couple pieces. doesn't have to be a huge one, but just two, three pieces on the fringes, a starter, a reliever, a bench bat. Three pieces like that could make all the difference for Toronto. So generally, because with this conversation, I feel like we're kind of setting up is like the American League's wide open, right? Like if you're looking around mm-hmm. and looking at the American League at this point right now, I think you're probably looking a little bit further down the board. So, for, like, you know, for example, Paul, like I've got a ticket that I bet two months ago, two and a half months ago on Texas to win the World Series. 
However, I, but I don't feel cr- crazy confident given the pitching and what's been going on with them. Dane Dunning finally fell back down to earth the other day for Texas. Yeah. Uh, and I actually kind of worried. I brought this up with Kelly. So, like, they're favored right now to go get Marcus Stroman. Well, Stroman's actually kind of a regression candidate if you look at some of the metrics. So they could go by the deadline mm-hmm. but by the wrong guy. So, like, when we look at the American League overall, it, it seems like a very fragile league in that I think there's a lot of teams in there was that range from, like, 8 to, like, 12, you know, whatever it is, that have some upper mobility here and can make some noise in this American League. Is there a cutoff point, do you think, here in the American League where we stand? I completely agree with that. I think the cutoff point is going from the Guardians to the Tigers there in that wild card race. That's a four-game split. I still don't want to bury this Guardians ball club. The offense got going for a while. It's kind of come back to earth again, and they're back under 500. They have enough talent. It's probably the Mariners, but I'm keeping the Guardians in just because they've got so much pitching, and they have enough hitting that they can stay in this too, Uh, and the Mariners are just a game ahead of them. I like the Mariners a good bit better despite only being a game split between those two teams, Uh, and I also don't trust the Guardians to be aggressive there, but that's probably Probably the cutoff that Mariners Guardians area in the AL, but that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight teams deep into the wild card. And I, I like any of those teams along with the division leaders that could actually make noise in the American league. I totally agree with you that it's so wide open this year. All right, let's flip it to the national league. So my theme, since I've been filling in with Gil and doing the weekend stuff has been asking folks in the national league, what team outside of the playoff picture do you have faith here that can make it in and do you think can make a run and worth betting at a plus price? This, the same team has come up every single person I've asked, so I'm wondering if you're going to have the same team as well. Oh, interesting. Um, I mean, I know the Padres are talking about selling, so if they do that, it's it's definitely not them. It was the Padres, I, by I, the way. It was the Padres. Okay, every that, person that we've asked. Sense. And it's been Kelly's laughing because, yeah. Paul, every person we've asked, it's been like overwhelming confidence. Yes. Like It's like, uh, Pod, oh, they're, really? they're going to make a run. And I'm like, I get it. Like, I get the talent on paper, yeah. but they're six games out. Exactly. I will say, though, one of the things we do as a baseball community sometimes is overrate deficits at at, at certain points of the year. I think even 10 right now is not a crazy deficit. That's why I still can't bury the Cardinals, even though they've come back too. they hit a little run. Now they've lost three straight. But six is not a crazy deficit. That's a hot week from you and a mediocre to bad week from from some of your opponents there. So I get why people gravitate toward that right away. I've had a hard time burying the Padres as well. I think the Marlins uh, still give me some intrigue though. I know the offense is underwhelming. They could get one more bat to kind of get going with Solaire, two big bats, and then a bunch of kind of fringe with the pitching. I like what they could do. I get why people go to the Padres, but I'll be a little bit different and go Marlins there just because I, I believe in teams that li- live off of pitching. That's why I couldn't bury Cleveland either. All right. I like it. So then the last 90 seconds here, it does seem like, so the vibes around San Diego seem somewhat like positive, right? Like, Hey, they can still make a run. And mm-hmm. you look at the record. Yeah. Four games under but a plus 52 run differential it makes sense the same is not being said for the Mets do you think they're selling off at the deadline because there's rumors of course that Verlander is getting asked about what do you think of Mets the uh, Metropolitans what their future holds I I think they gotta Uh, there's so many teams too and I I know the Padres only one team ahead of them so that same concept would apply the teams in between them but they're so old too and they've just been so underwhelming you mentioned the two different vibes minus 17 run differential versus plus 52 that's the big difference between those ball clubs even though they're a game and a half split I think the Mets should sell off some pieces I think the Padres should actually consider buying even though they've bought a lot in recent years and their system is depleted because I do agree that they have a chance to make a huge surge the Mets, 
it wouldn't surprise me if it happened just because they do have a huge collection of talent, but they should sell and kind of pack it in for next year. All right, man, we'll get you out of here. Uh, what's going on on Twitch? You still going on? Are you still playing the oh, show? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Playing a lot of out of, out of the park baseball. Uh, not as much the show this year, not because okay. the show's bad, but just because of time. And I'm uh, rerunning Doc Gooden and Daryl Strawberry's career with the Mets and, uh, you know, no, no sort of off the field activities for them. So I'm, re- <laughs> I'm rerunning their careers, and they're, they're on the Hall of Fame track that they should be as we enter 1988. Love it, man. Thanks a lot, man. It's good to talk to you. Take care, guys. Follow them on X at Sport. We got to fix that lower third. Yeah, yeah. Fix that lower third. Follow Paul on X at Sport. All right, second hour of a numbers game coming at you next year on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. We have a lot left in the final 60 minutes. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainer, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.